Welcome to the Practice X Factor, the place to be for mastering membership plans for your business. Here, you'll learn exactly how to grow your patient relationships and accelerate your profits without getting stuck on the dental insurance bandwagon. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Practice X Factor, and we're here to bring you uh, valuable strategies and tips to uh, build your practice, especially a membership-driven dental practice, which we are big fans of because it certainly made a positive impact for us. And today, we have a really cool guest, um, a man who's got a lot of experience with different aspects of small business and marketing, and um, just a real fun guy, sharp guy to be around, um, who's Dan Crick. So, Dan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm looking forward to uh, talking with you. Yeah, so Dan, um, he has a company called Results Marketing, and uh, he's been in entrepreneurship since the early 80s. Um, he's owned several businesses, um, and he also consults and helps other businesses take their existing business to new heights. Um, he's been given the moniker, the been there, done that, marketing guru and the mastermind coach, Um He's uh, headquartered in Middleburg Heights, Ohio, and he's got a lot of experience with direct marketing. He's an author of some books. Um, we've been in uh, some mastermind groups together, which is how I got to know Dan. So, Dan, what did I miss? What else would you like to brag about? You got lots. Of, you got lots more you can brag about than just that, you know. Well, yeah. So I, I, you know, I've been, uh, like you said, in several different businesses and. That's part of the attraction for a lot of people because I have a lot of experience across a number of different industries. And so I've worked with uh, um, construction companies, uh, floor cleaning companies, restroom cleaning companies, uh, dental practices, attorneys, and, and just about everything in between. So like you said, I've, I've got a, a bit of experience. I guess that's a nice way of saying I've been around a while. Uh, so I, I and I'm able to pull from that when I help people with their their businesses because there's a lot of things that will work cross different businesses. So, for example, you know one of the businesses that I had for a long time was an auto repair shop, and one of the best things I ever did uh, that I used in that business came from the dental uh, industry, and it was just. And you know this, Tyler. You're the same way. Uh, our marketing brain rarely shuts off, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> drives my wife nuts at times. You know, when we're out doing something on vacation, I'm always seeing things. Well, I had visited the dentist, and the next day they called me up and they said, uh, "We're just calling to see how you're doing and if everything's okay and uh, make sure everything went well." And I said, yeah, it was all good. And and then I went back in my office and I went, wow, that was pretty cool. I wonder how it would work if we did that in the auto repair business. And uh, we did it. Uh, I, I implemented that and made it part of a follow-up system that I created for that business. And it just went off like gangbusters. Uh, and I think probably received even better than it was with dental practices simply because no one expected it from auto repair. And so we would basically do the same thing. Uh, hi, just calling. Uh, you were in yesterday with your Ford 
uh, escape, and we were just checking to make sure that everything went okay and that you were happy with our service. And people would get blown away by that. Wow, I can't believe you called me. Wow, is there something wrong? No, no. Uh, uh, my doctor doesn't even do that. So, uh, you know, and I've been able to do that with a, a number of different uh, um, consulting clients Is use things across different industries. But I thought you might appreciate that dental tie-in. It's something that worked very, very well in the auto repair business. Yeah, that's, I mean, you're exactly right. It's, you know, it, it can drive your spouse nuts when you just have that mind of you're always, always fishing for new ideas. And a lot of times they come very, uh, you know, unsuspectingly for me where you just kind of doing something, maybe it's your day off or whatever, and you, and you go through an experience and light bulb just comes on, uh, which is pretty cool. And, and, you know, sounds like you took took it a lot of steps further when you added a whole sequence on that. And, and what do you think? I mean, you know, one thing we've gone back and forth as we've kind of refined our strategy in my office is, you know, there's so many softwares and automations and funnels and stuff today. And, and I think I have they have their place, but I think uh, they can take they can also make things uh, too too templated, too stock, too, um, you know plain vanilla message to everybody. And, and so we've kind of found a sweet stop, spot between both. But what do you see for like, you know, practice owners, small business owners of um, how, how you know, a follow-up strategy can work for them and how they can balance like the automated part versus the, you know, the one-off and the, and the personalized and the customized aspect of it? Well, so, so something I agree with so- – wholeheartedly Tyler that you just said and you know we so many businesses and practices get caught up in this automated thing and recorded messages and this and that and really and especially today especially since COVID and the labor shortage I still believe the biggest strength is is the people okay and that personal interaction as much as you can do that and so um you know, when we started making that call that I mentioned that we got from, from the idea from the dentist, we could have used a recorded message, and we didn't. And we had, you know, folks call up, and, and a lot of times we were leaving a message on their voicemail. Uh, but uh, when, we, when we got somebody uh, that, that we talked to, they really appreciated the fact that they were talking to a real person. And... And I think the people are really the ultimate uh, uh, part of the business that can really make a difference. And, uh, and so much of that, you know, that follow-up that I mentioned, I actually created a whole follow-up system. And part of it is just short little handwritten notes, okay? And again people see that and 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 so we we would send a a postcard as part of that follow-up but it was uh it it was just a short note handwritten on there and signed and so uh i i I think a lot of folks really are kind of can see through all the automated if you will and yeah just give you a quick example i i went to a coffee shop earlier in the drive-through and they had a sign up that says, if we don't mention our rewards program to you, get a free donut or whatever it was. I don't remember. And so you pull up, 
and they have a recorded message that kicks in. Oh, uh, do you have your rewards program for us today? <laughs> and uh, and then afterwards, uh, someone came on and said, how can I help you? Well, why even put that up there that we'll give you a free whatever if we don't ask it? It's an automated system. It, it automatically kicks in when somebody pulls up. And so it's so fake and it's so phony. And in reality, the offer of the free coffee or whatever it was, which I, I could care less about that, it just made it seem so fake, okay? And, and the offer was, was a phony offer because there's no way they could lose. Wow. Yeah, it's, it, it's funny. Like, you know, we were actually talking about this this morning. We had a meeting because we do a patient appreciation party once a year, and we did a we ran out a movie theater this year for the new Guardians three movie and gave away some prizes and stuff. You know, and we had made some goals before the movie night of what we wanted the outcome to look like. So we talked about how, you know, the goal of the movie night was for our patients to have fun, but you can't really measure fun without putting a, a, a number milestone behind us. So we kind of made a an appointment goal, how many new appointments we wanted to get scheduled from that. And, um, you know, you get so busy checking people and registering them. And then you're in a movie where there's not a lot of socializing um, during that two hours. And so, you know, a couple of team members had brought up, uh, yeah, it was really hard to try to get people scheduled. But the whole discussion came to, well, you know, all, all the money and all the new production and treatment is really in the follow-up and so we were talking about that exact thing of all right let's let's figure out what message we want to send how we want to send it who we want to send it to and you know text and email have it has its place but a lot of it was hey let's take our uh, what we call our a list which are like our top tier patients that keep all their appointments and refer and get the work done they needed and and let's make sure that all of them are getting handwritten we call them tlc cards tender loving care cards so we make sure they get those handwritten cards uh because you know maybe someone who's not doesn't come in regularly or we only see them every five years you know maybe they don't get quite as much of those touch points but certainly people who we see regularly people uh, new patients people who have a lot of uh, upward upward mobility those people need to be getting more frequent communication. And I've, I, I was, you know, making the point to a team, like I've never had anybody opt out of a handwritten card, you know, but they'll, right. they'll opt out of emails, but they won't opt out of a card. So what's kind of your perspective, you know, if um, someone's listening to this and they're like, gee, I, I don't know. I mean, we're trying to be sold all these softwares that hook into our, uh, our, our dental charting that will do all this, bells and whistles and it can be a little overwhelming so what what would you advise someone looking at like what should they be kind of studying or crafting that would be effective so they know all right maybe i don't even have to spend a whole bunch of money or get software uh what are, what are some ideas you have in that realm well you know for me i believe you know there's a place for software okay and, and and you you need it in a lot of cases to help you be more efficient and whatever. But in some cases and in a lot of cases, I see it go too far. And and you cannot take again the personal aspect out of it. And and like like you just said, I've never seen anyone opt out of a, a handwritten note. And the, you said something else that's really important. You, you mentioned that your top tier clients. 
Well, here's the thing we know. Uh, the top-tier clients, being shown appreciation is even a bigger deal for them, okay? Because they, uh, uh, one of the things that we found through surveys is one of the biggest reasons they'll leave a, a, a practice or a business that they've used for a long time is because they felt unappreciated. And they don't, they're not looking for someone to jump up and down and say, oh, we love you. But a, a short handwritten note, hey, we appreciate your business. Uh, uh, we uh, haven't seen you for a while. We hope everything's okay. And so uh, some people get so caught up, in, like, like now, you're hearing now, everyone's talking about how they're going to be able to use the uh, AI products coming out and software to to integrate into their businesses and I, I I believe if you dive in too far okay and again take that personal aspect out of it uh, that it will hurt uh, consumers right now uh, are are craving they're absolutely craving good service personalized service um, from businesses because they're just not seeing it very much and you know a, a lot of businesses and, and practices included have cut back on a lot of that because they're short-staffed and so they're they're creating shortcuts and and I understand you know uh, being short-staffed I, I, I really get it you're seeing a lot of fast-food restaurants now that are only doing drive-through because they don't have the people and so on and so forth but in, in, in a business like yours and a number of other businesses, the more you can try to maintain that personal aspect and that good service and that good experience will help separate you from others. It'll improve, I believe it'll improve customer loyalty and and, and uh, interaction. And consumers like to be to have interaction with the people they're doing business with. And like I said, they are now craving it because they're getting so little of it. Uh, they, they, they're done with the COVID thing of keeping my distance and not seeing you and not touching and so on and so forth. They don't want people hugging them, but they want to be able to interact with real people. And uh, sometimes we get so wrapped up in all of the, the automation and the software that we leave that out. And uh, uh, they may not say it to you right then, but consumers do not like it. Well, you gave that example of the drive through you know, where they were – taking something uh, that was supposed to be personalized and they kind of killed it by making it automated, which kind of eliminated the whole point. But I think um, I, I agree with you that there's becoming a bigger divide of the service is getting worse. And because it's so bad, I think a lot of companies, especially big ones, they're just opting out. I mean, I've used the example before, like if you go to McDonald's now, they have two big giant iPads in there to place your order on. And most people are going to do that because they probably actually trust it more than, you know, the, the, the kid standing at the front counter who doesn't really care and doesn't have a lot of effort and, and, and excitement versus you go to Chick-fil-A, you know, Chick-fil-A, I think they're a long time before they put a big iPad up there because they want that interaction. They find those one-off uh, opportunities to give someone some mints or, give you an ice cream cone or bring balloon to your kid at the table. I mean, that's, that's what makes them uh, so great how they, uh, who they are. And I, and I was thinking back on uh, during the pandemic, I think 
there was a there was a state or a town that actually solicited Chick-fil-A to help administer vaccines. And, and maybe you heard about this, but um, they actually shut it down because Chick-fil-A was so efficient. It was making everybody else look bad, you know, because they figured out how, how to move people through that queue. And they got what was supposed to take 10 hours. They got it done in like two or something like that, you know. So it, it's kind of crazy um, how that, you know, how all of that pans out. But you know, I think of, we actually just did a podcast on this, but I think of AI as like having a, a virtual assistant for me. I mean, I think some of those tools are really cool, but yep. to your point, if you go all in and say, I'm going to run my whole life by this, it's going to take the brain out of it and you're going to miss out because even though it can spell check and, and make things grammatically correct, you don't always want that. Sometimes you want it to look uh, like it's written in conversational form, you know, and it's not as good at doing that. It's never going to replace a human mind because human minds are much more creative. Whereas the AI is just doing what it's told essentially. Yeah. And, and, and so the, the Chick-fil-A is a, a great example because that's all about their culture. Okay. And, and that's the culture you go to any of theirs and they are different. And who are their main employees there? Most of them are high school kids. Okay, teenagers, yet they have that culture all going on, and they do a great job with it, and it is centered around being very, very personal. And I'll tell you, there's one business that continues to grow, and their basic product is is chicken fingers. I mean, really? (laughs) But they, 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 they make a ton of money. They do it better than anybody else. And and they do a great job of, of getting you through there. And here's the other thing that AI can't do or these automated uh, order takers can't do that, that, that the Chick-fil-A people will do. If you're hesitant or or, uh, or or they want to mention something else to you, they can see your reaction and respond to that. Okay, they can see if someone's a little disappointed or if they're not if they're not sure about what they're ordering or what have you. And so they interact with them, and a big key to what they do is smiling with people and asking questions, asking questions based on what they're hearing from folks. And, and uh, th- that, is, that is critical. And, and like you said, uh, Chick-fil-A does a great job of it. They're efficient. They're accurate, okay, uh, and, and they just, you know, McDonald's used to be the standard. Uh, remember they had McDonald's University, and boy, uh, they they were the standard, and, and uh, they're not anymore, and Chick-fil-A came and blew them out of the water as far as uh, uh, the type of service that they're getting and the growth and, and so on and so forth. You know, one of the biggest complaints I, I read uh, from McDonald's franchise owners is they wanted to be able to have a product, that, uh, a chicken product, they could compete with Chick-fil-A. Wow. It's not all about Chick-fil-A's product. That's where they're missing the boat. Yeah, right. Okay. That's where they're missing the boat. We want one of those products. What they should be saying is we want to be able to emulate that culture. That's really what they should be going after. Um, and, and, you know, that could help set them apart but and and, you know another thing with that personal aspect of it 
is you and I originally started talking about a, a, a ninja strategy that I had uh, put out in the newsletter that you mentioned. And that's something, you know, and I, I'll share that w- w- with the folks on the call. And what that is is once you have a patient come in and you get them checked in and you verify basically why they're there, uh, before they walk away, our thing is, is there anything else you would like the doctor to address today? Do you have anything else going on? And we have seen that, and I've done uh, customer service training. We have seen that one little strategy add as much as 20% to the average uh, uh, invoice. And here, here's the thing, though, Tyler. Most people ignore it because it's not sexy. It doesn't cost a lot of money. It's not this complicated thing. It's real simple. Is there anything else that you would like the doctor to address while you're here? And what makes that work so well is I don't know how many times, and it's happened to me in the past, you go in, you see the doc, you get your cleaning, blah, 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 you do all that, and then later that day you get a cup of cold drink and you get this sensitivity and you go, oh, man, I forgot that to mention that to him. I was just there. And then you're, you're upset, and it's not the doc's fault, but you're still upset. And given where dentistry is going today, there are so many other things that come into play um, I don't know about, about your group, but we're seeing a lot of uh, dental practices now getting into the sleep apnea. Well, I think you do that, right? Mm-hmm, right, yeah. Uh, we, we, we're seeing them uh, even doing cosmetic work uh, and, and, and uh, so many different things. Uh, by, by putting that out there, uh, uh, it gives them an opportunity and it, it gets them to just stop. That's kind of a pattern interrupt, if you will. Just stop to think, is there anything else? Okay? And so maybe they saw something from you in, in something, uh, a newsletter or whatever it might have been, about teeth whitening or about uh, the, the sleep apnea so on and so forth, and they had a question about it. And so, uh, you know, by handing them that question, basically, and if they don't have something, when you're putting them in the room and they're waiting to, to come and get the uh, treatment started, they've got a little something to think about. But we've seen that add as much as 20% to a bill. Wow. And, and again, it's simple and basic, uh, and it's not real sexy, but it's effective. Well, if, if, you know, for, for those of you listening to this, if you haven't made notes on that, you know, take note because that's a i mean what dan just shared could could easily bring you you know two hundred thousand dollars or more in uh production over the next year you know if you're a million dollar size practice and you do that and and i mean the stuff like that is so simple to implement all it is is literally printing out some slips of paper and taping it to the phones and just role playing it with your team and practicing and say okay every time you're calling to confirm appointments, make sure you ask this question and take note of it, put it in their notes so it pops up when they're here. And the, the great part about it is, you know, what's such a, an opportunity in healthcare is you're not even, it's not even a, an upsell or at least not perceived that way. It's, 
it, it tr can translate into something like that, but it's literally saying, hey, uh, we care about you. What else would you like us to look at while you're here? And people appreciate that. It's just like, um, you know, we, we have utilized a similar one, which is where we'll say, hey, well, I've got you on the phone. Who else in your household is in need of a checkup, right? And it's, we're not saying, hey, who else can you refer to me? Or would you send us your friends and family? That can be a little bit more of a higher threshold ask, but you're just simply saying, hey, while we're on the phone, how can I make your life convenient, right? Or how can you help out somebody else? And it, it can really just make such an, such an impact. And I can imagine when you started doing that, you were doing that in auto repair. Is that where you first implemented that? Yes, yes. So it would be maybe something like what? Well, well your car's up on the hoist or something. What else would you like the mechanic to look at? Uh, something along those lines. What we would get a lot of times is, oh, yeah, you know, I'm glad you said something. I have a headlight out. Well, who thinks about their headlight being out other than when it's dark, right? right. So you don't think about it. So, so you know, last time, oh, i got to make sure I remember to tell them about that. And you drove in there in the morning or you drove it for two days during the day. You got there in the morning and you had it in for an oil change and a couple other things. And then that night after you pick it up, you go home and you go, oh, that headlight, it's still out. I forgot to say anything. Or the other thing that we would get a lot of times is, oh, yeah, now that you mention it, my wife has been complaining about every time she goes around the corner, she hears this noise. Okay, so think about that. Just think about that aspect right there. If you take the car in, you get it serviced, you bring it back, it's the wife's car, she takes it, takes it for the first drive, and it's making that noise on the turn. And you didn't address something that she's been telling you about for a while. But if you do get it fixed, then she's very appreciative. You don't have to give up your vehicle. And, you know, I see giving up your vehicle the same as making an appointment. You know, people have have to try to balance schedules with your schedule, take the time out to come in there. They'd much rather get a couple of things taken care of or something that's been bothering them for a while all at once as opposed to have to make another appointment. Um, so, uh, uh, like you said, people are really appreciative of that, and that that's a whole different approach than, uh, and, and this is exaggerated, but... It's a whole different approach than coming out and saying, "Hey, is there anything else we can sell you while you're here?" You know, right? Uh, that's kind of what it's saying, but in, in, in a much different way. Yeah, it's coming from a it's coming from the angle of how can I make your life easier and how can we be more compassionate or more caring and um, that's where I think the we talked about earlier the 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 mass marketing misses that because it's everybody's getting the same message. Right. And, and people have figured that out because we're it's so inundated with emails and even text messages now that they have their place. Um, but, you know, it can really make an impact. So when you, um, you know, if someone's if someone's like, hey, uh, I really want to implement this. What other uh, tips would you have for them on how they could um, how they could implement that into their into their practice? Just being able to talk with someone so that it happens regularly. So it's not just like, uh, Hey, that's a great idea. And then no one ever does it. Well, so he, here's, here's what we know. It generally takes at least three to four weeks of, of 
somebody doing something for it to become habit. And and, and I'll tell you something that we used that formula uh, with a business a while back. Um, uh, we had a, a business I was working with who was complaining about certain products and services that they were selling, uh, that they weren't selling some profitable items. So we went and we highlighted one each month, and, and, and we focused on that for a whole month. And then at the end of the month, we moved on to another one because by the end of that month, it was habit, and it didn't have to be reinforced, okay? So you've got to lay it out there and make it easy for them. Like you said, having a couple of notes there for, to remind them of what to do. And, and in the beginning, you have to kind of who the the office manager or whoever it is has to kind of stay on top of them a little bit and just remind them hey don't forget to ask if there's anything else they need okay and then if you can do that for at least 3 weeks preferably 4 you can turn that into a habit and then it, it the more they do it the more natural it gets for them but a big key, Tyler, is what you said. you got to give them the reason why so that it fits for them. You know, there's a lot of people uh, uh, who work w- with the public, checking people and whatever, who don't like sales. They're just not comfortable with sales, and they, 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 they don't like mentioning things to people. But if you can say to them, hey, we want you to do this because it's helpful to our patients, okay, we don't want them to leave and then the next day have an issue with a tooth that's been sensitive and they forgot to mention it or whatever it may be. Uh, so, so we're doing this for the benefit of them. To, and like you said, a big thing is making their life more convenient. And that's really a biggie for today. People are so busy uh, that, that the more you can do to make things convenient for them, uh, the more they like it. So you... Part of it is you have to give your employees, your staff, a good reason why so that they get on board with it. And if you can convince them that it's a, a, a good thing to do for the patient, they feel a lot better about it as opposed to saying, hey, everybody that comes through the door, uh, we expect a 30% upsell rate. Right. They're going to get turned off by that. Yeah. Okay? Uh, that's going to be a tough way to get them on board. But if you can say, hey, we're doing this, and, and you know, uh, we had a, this happen with a patient, and so we want to try to make sure that doesn't happen. And this is to try to make their life easier and, and take care of them in a better way while they're here. Cool. Well, yeah, and it's like if, if you do the upsell route, you feel like you're those people at the mall trying to sell fragrances and stuff where they're just like in your face peddling yep. product um, versus when you, you know, that, that's what marketing is all about, right? Is you're simply asking questions and getting some diagnostic questions to figure out if you're a good fit and if they're a good fit versus selling something is just, you're just pushing it right into their face without even deciding if, if, you know, what, what you have to offer is even a good fit for them. And, one thing I've learned with, um, you know, implementing this kind of stuff is, you know, there's some good research that talks about how when we practice something or, or role play, uh, like even a phone call, that our subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between truth and reality, uh, or doesn't, doesn't know the difference between um, practicing and reality. And so that's why dreams sometimes are so vivid, because 
our subconscious thinks that that's actually happening. And so when you practice this with, with your team members, uh, they actually gain a lot of confidence and feel better because their subconscious minds registering this as a real event and that this is an actual patient. And so, you, you know, you have fun with it, but you, you have to do that so that people gain a little bit of confidence. And we had a, a situation or a, a scenario like that recently where we had implemented a, um, a small booking fee. So we charge patients just a small fee to book their appointment. Now we credit it towards whatever their work is, but we just found that um, our no-shows were higher than we wanted it to be. And so we played with a whole bunch of things, you know, adjusting the, the, the dialogue, um, adjusting when the text reminders went out, when the phone call happened, and it was still higher than we wanted. So against a lot of common advice, I uh, decided to implement this. And, you know, it's, it's like 30 bucks or something. It's not a lot, but it's just simply to weed out people who are just tire kickers and they have no real intent of showing up or they want to show up and want everything free. Um, because that's one of the problems with Google is it attracts the good and the bad. And so you get more exposure to the, the bad as well as the good. And, you know, I was talking with one of my, uh, team members the other day and I was like hey how's this going and she's like you know in the beginning it seemed like nobody wanted to pay it but she's like now it seems like everybody's fine with it like they're, they're completely fine I'm like well why do you think that is and she's like well that's just because it was new for us and I'm like exactly you know it was just we all had mental blocks on why it wouldn't work and and, and you know maybe it won't work every market's different some areas maybe that's not the best thing to do so if you're listening to this and you have a high no-show rate of new patients, try it out, see how it works. But you've got to practice it and have a system in place and help the caller see the value of what they're going to get for 10 bucks or 30 bucks or 200 bucks, whatever your, whatever your you know, fee is. I don't think it really matters. It's just a matter of having it uh, as a system and getting everybody on board uh, with that. And what, what have you seen, um, Dan, like you probably ran into that in the, the auto repair business, but you have experience in, in a lot of industries of um, people running into, you know, no shows and cancellations and that kind of thing. How did you guys, how do you guys handle that? Well, for, for us, one of the biggest things that, that, that helped uh, uh, reduce that, that number was we would, again, uh, and I put it in the, I, I added it into the follow-up system, okay, which sounds counterintuitive, but we started making those uh, follow-up calls. We made the same call the day before their appointment. And so in the auto industry, you know, if it, sometimes we have to set uh, aside three or four hours for jobs. And if that doesn't show, that leaves a big hole in our schedule. And uh, um, so we would call the day before and say, hi, uh, Mrs. Jones, uh, this is Brookgate Tire and Auto, and we're just calling to confirm that you're bringing in your 2019 Ford Escape tomorrow, and we're going to change the oil, check the brakes, and so on and so forth. And she go, oh, yeah, 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 that's right. And, oh, by the way, uh, is there anything else while uh, um, you're bringing in that you'd like the uh, technicians to address for you? And the other, th and so a lot of times they would come up with something, but we also did that at the front counter. 
But the other thing that happened is a lot of times there were people who go, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you called me. I, you know, uh, my wife went in the hospital the other day. I'd been really busy. I totally forgot. Uh, I'm so glad you said something because I made this appointment a week ago and, and or two weeks ago or whatever, and I appreciate that. The other thing that would happen was, oh, my goodness, uh, I'm glad you called me. Uh, so-and-so is going on, my job changed or whatever, and I'm not going to be able to make it in. And then our next step was, okay, we understand. Uh, when can we, when's another time to schedule you to, to bring it in? Okay? And so the, the big thing, though, Tyler, that I found is getting your people on board. Just like you said when you asked your staff, why do you think that was? And she said it was because it was new to us. Human beings as a whole are uncomfortable with new things, okay? They resist, and it comes across on the telephone, okay? One of the things that I used to do with my uh, service advisor, who was the person that, that talked to our clients when they were making the appointments a lot of times or when he was uh, uh, calling back with an estimate, is I would have him at his desk. I made him put a mirror on the wall by the phone. And I wanted him to see in the mirror what his face looked like. And our thing was, you want to be smiling when you're talking to them because that comes through on the phone. People may not realize it, but you can hear in their voice uh, if they're smiling or if they feel better or if they're uncomfortable or if they feel like what they're saying, um, that, that, that they're not aligned with it, that comes through on the phone. And so, like you said, a little bit of practice, getting them comfortable with it. And like I said, for us, I used the mirror. And, and that really, really helped him, uh, um, you, you know, just have a better uh, attitude, disposition. And it comes through on the phone so much. And the more you do that, the better at it they get and the more comfortable they get, which is what happened with your folks with the booking fee. They got more comfortable with it, so their patients got more comfortable with it. Patients can tell a lot of times if you're talking to them about something and you don't believe in it or, or you're not really on board with it, they pick that up. And, and so that's the big thing is, is you've got to get your folks on board, show them how it's better for the patient um, and, 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 and for the practice and for everybody involved. Yeah, well, and uh, I think to the point you made, I liked, you know, you brought up is if they were, if they had to reschedule or whatever, while they're on the phone, take the opportunity to get them rescheduled because the phone tag that is played otherwise is so time consuming and lost opportunity versus while they're on the phone, that's the best time. And even if patients like, oh, well, hey, I'm pretty busy, you know, it's easy to go, yeah, we get it, you know, we're really busy too, but uh, we found it's, best if we get you schedule while we have you on the phone because the those best appointment times that you prefer they go really fast and why don't we put something down tentatively and if you have to change it just call us two to seven days before and just, just you know like you said with chick-fil-a it's not about the chicken it's about how it's delivered and it's goes the same in in any business um do you do you have uh like do you do anything with um, mystery shopping or mystery callers, or do you have any kind of recommendations on, on that as far as some of this stuff goes? 
Oh yeah, I'm I'm a big proponent of of mystery shopping, in, in, on the phone and in person, uh, because you know people have a tendency to gradually let things go, and they can be very different when you're around or when they think you're listening than what's really happening. And when I say that, I don't necessarily mean that that, that folks are doing this uh, intentionally. Okay, they just slip into this thing, and if it's not brought to their attention, I'll give you an example in the auto repair business. And one of my coaching clients, we had a company mystery shop all of their uh, their businesses, and then we had a coaching call, and I told them we were going to have them, and I let them volunteer uh, who wanted to hear theirs, and we did over seventy of them. And uh, and, and just a quick aside. The worst people answering the phone were the spouses of the owners, by the way. <laughs> right. <laughs> they, they, they were the worst. Anyway, we, we, we got one from, a, from a, a, a coaching member who we hardly ever heard from, and they said, yeah, we want to hear ours. And so we played it, and, and Tyler, this is, this is what happened. It was awful. So the, the mystery shopper called up and told him about a problem, and she said, well, uh, okay, and when when I bring it in, I, I, how long will it take? I'd like to wait. And the guy on the phone said, oh, you don't want to wait here. Our shop is a terrible place to wait in. It's just not very clean and comfortable, and you don't want to wait here. You know, we, we'll need you to drop it off, and then we'll get a look at it. Yeah. Wow. So, so here's the other flip side to that coin. That waiting room, the owner's wife had fixed it up. She goes, that's as clean as my house. So it was 180 degrees wrong, okay? And um, wow. he, here's what was happening. So I just take it a step further. He goes, you don't want to wait here. But if you'd like to wait, if you need to wait, there's a shop down the street you can go to. And you can wait there. Yeah, yeah. And so he would he would send them to the other shop and that shop owner would kick him back money for every job that he got wow yeah that's the wild owner, the, oh yeah it was i so love that that's never that, know. that's that story just made my day you know everybody listen to this be like whatever problem you have couldn't have been as bad as what this guy was dealing with that's horrific oh and that was their number one guy Wow. That was their number one guy. And here's the other thing. They were at the shop when this happened. But you know as well as I do, you can't be by the phone all the time. You can't be listening over their mm-hmm. shoulder all the time. So, But, you know, that, that's the, the, the worst case scenario. Some people just say things that they don't realize they're saying. Uh, you know, for example, we had one that, that, that uh, was giving a, a price, and then he goes, well, you don't really want to spend that much money, do you? Wow. Meanwhile, he's supposed to be selling this job. And and what happened was he was having some financial difficulties of his own. Something happened. And so that was coming through. He was trying Mm -hmm. to be empathetic without realizing he was doing it. And and basically what he was saying is, I would never put that much money or I could never spend that much money. Okay? Right. And so – and you have to do that. And and I'll tell you, one of the things that improves – uh, your, your your calls and your service is letting your staff know that they will be mystery shopped. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that they know that that could happen or that it will happen, it makes them mind their P's and Q's more. Yeah, we, and, they don't want to be... 
these oh, go ahead. Not, you know, recorded with a bad uh, um, situation. Uh, I agree 100 percent. And I, I love that um, you brought that up because like that shop was probably still getting by. OK, uh, maybe, maybe not. But just think of the opportunity cost. I mean, like that's just such a mixed message. And, um, you know, we've had some good success. We have a we have a virtual assistant and I just have her call in once a month and ask for a team member to schedule an appointment. And then she's got a one to 15 point system and emails that back. And, and then it's, you know, we send it to the team member and just say, Hey, look, this isn't for you to feel bad, or this isn't mean you're going to be fired or anything. This is for you to take us constructive feedback and they know that's coming. And then we'll have a, um, at least once a quarter, we'll just have, I'll just usually find like a friend or a friend of a friend and, and pay them to spend an hour and just come in and act like they're a walk-in patient, schedule appointment, ask some questions. And then if that uh, team member nails it, they get 50 bucks. If they don't, they just get a little note that says, Hey, thanks for trying. Thanks for participating. Keep it up. You'll get another opportunity. And I, I think you have to do this in an encouraging way, but also reminding people that, Hey, we're on stage all the time. And, um, and and I think you made a great point that people aren't deliberately trying to do this for the most part. They actually think they're helping, but if they don't have a, a template or a script, they kind of just go off script, which usually means whatever mood they're in. And, uh, you know, even on our, our interview forms, one of the questions is like, hey, what's prevented you from getting dental treatment in the past? Is it fear of the dentist? Is it you're too busy? Is it uh, you don't see the value in treatment? or is it cost? And it, it's a really great question, but it's only the first layer because for some people, the cost might be not the actual monetary value. They just want things to be upfront because they've had a bad experience with getting a bill later. But to the next person, it might truly be, Hey, I, I don't have a lot of money. I'm going through a tough time. And so we have to be conscious of that. And so we've, we've had that same conversation that you brought up, which is, Hey, make sure that I'm not pushing my own values onto someone else. I need to present them with the options and let them choose and then guide them down that path. And, and that makes all the difference. So I, I love those, I love those examples you share. I feel for that shop owner where they were um, getting sent somewhere else. I mean, what a crazy, what a crazy uh, a thing to happen. And you would never know. I mean, had you not implemented that, that guy still might be scratching his head as to why the sales were down. Well, and, and to, to make that point even more, Tyler, remember I said that this was a coaching member who hardly ever talked on the calls or asked any questions. And they spoke up and said, yeah, we want to hear ours. And here's what they told me later. We wanted people to hear what the call is supposed to sound like because <laughs> our guy does such a great job. Wow. Okay? And so... My point in sharing that is even if you think your people are doing a good job and they always sound like they're doing a good job, you should still mystery shop them, okay? And not just because you're going to catch somebody like this, but there's a, a lot of times when we would do that and we would point out, hey, do you realize you said this or you didn't? Oh, no, no, no. And then we could play the recording and they're like, wow, I can't believe I said that. Or I didn't even know I was saying that. And it's like what you said. Their own experiences may be coloring what they're doing or saying that day or that week. And, you know, we always say, hey, you got to leave your personal life at the door. But that's not 
that's not realistic, okay? That's not always easy to do, uh, even though you try. So a lot of times it's not even things that they realize they're doing. They fell into a habit of saying something, or it may be related to their own personal experience or, or what have you. And so I... I think it's absolutely critical. These folks were getting taken to the I, – I, I'll tell you the rest of that story. They found out they had to let him go. Every time they went on vacation, their sales tanked. He was doing that with about 70% of their customers when they were on vacation. Wow. And so that's, he, that's amazing. He was getting paid his salary, and on his way home, he would ta- stop at that other shop, and they were handing him cash for all wow. the business they were sending him. Yeah. That's that's too bad. That's crazy. Crazy story. Wow. Yeah. Well, but again, it doesn't have to be that 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 exaggerated. It could be some simple things that you know, for example, if you're trying to sell say teeth whitener and someone in the office doesn't believe in the teeth whitener, they think it's too expensive or whatever, that's going to come through when they try to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And they may not even realize that. They may not even realize that. You know, or sometimes, like you said, they go off on their own. They might say something about the teeth whitener. Yeah, I wanted to get that done. I think it would really be cool, but I just can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. <laughs> right. And you see, that was just a very benign statement. They didn't do it to to try to discourage anybody or hurt the practice or anything else. It was just a kind of an off-the-cuff comment that they probably didn't even realize they said. Yeah, and the patient might be thinking, well, you're a, you're a member of the team. You probably have access to some pricing or, or something that I don't have. So if you can't afford it, then that sounds like it's really going to hit my wallet, and it's just totally the wrong message because people start conjuring up crazy things in their mind when they hear things like that um all unintentionally and you know like we say is you can have the best training on friday but monday it's all gone if you don't practice it and and exercise that muscle a little bit and that's where uh, keeping us all on on our a game is is critical to you know make make the small business grow because it really is all about relationships and we have to be ready every time to go how do i nurture this relationship with this patient or prospective patient or car customer or whatever it is um on there but but dan this is uh this uh almost hour here has just flown by your your wealth of information i'm sure we could go for four hours here um with all the stuff but I, i think um what you've given us is very very uh great so we appreciate it and we'll just uh kind of finish up with a couple uh final questions um one would be you know if you have any uh, trends or opportunities you see coming up in, in small business in the next couple of years, or if it's more of, you know, nothing's really changed as much as, as, uh, the media likes to say, it's really just, you know, having that, that great service. And then the other one would be if you had a book or resource you recommend, it could be one of your books or someone else's that would help, um, help people utilize, uh, some of those aspects that you mentioned of, you know, the ninja strategy and, and, and that craving people have for service. Yeah, so, so th- that point would be probably the biggest thing is to stay vigilant on doing as much as you possibly can to provide good service and a good experience for, for when people come in. Uh, you, you know, I, I uh, uh, let my people know that w- there was a survey done a while back that consumers would rather get a root canal than go have their car serviced. Okay? 
you know how that ranks, right? Wow. And, 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 but the point of that is we have to be aware of that all the time. And so in a lot of cases, my, my wife hates going to the dentist. She loves our dentist. She hates going to the dentist. She doesn't like anybody being in her mouth. Yeah. So we have to keep that in mind when, when the patients are coming in and, uh, and, and do what we can uh, as far as their experience in our service. And, and, again, consumers are craving that personal engagement and that good service. As far as a, a resource, um, I put together something for, for your folks, Tyler. Uh, as you know, I write the uh, Marketing Edge newsletter every month. It's a marketing uh, newsletter for entrepreneurs and business owners, private practice owners. It goes out all over the world. And uh, I'll make that available to your folks. Um, I'm going to take $20 off the regular price for the first issue, and they can get it for only $9.97. Cool. And then in addition to that, I have a, a, a report that I'll include, and it's titled The Seven Strategies to Help You Keep from Being Ambushed by the Current Inflation Crisis. Love it. And then I'm going to throw in one more that isn't even on the, the, the website, is I'll also send them a CD recording that I did with the ex-Disney guy. Uh, he ran some of Disney's top properties for over a dozen years, I think it was. And the title of that uh, interview with him is "What Would Your Practice? Uh, what Would Your Business Look Like If Disney Ran It?" And uh, it's uh, he he shares. I, I don't know about you, but over the years, I've known Disney to be the best at extracting money from their visitors. And yes. the other thing usually happens at Disney is as people are leaving, they're talking about when they're going to go back. Right. Even though they overspent their budget. And so that, that, that I'll add in. So to get that, all they have to do is go to uh, greatresultsmarketing.com, greatresultsmarketing.com slash T-M-E, as in the marketing edge, T-M-E, just those three letters. And then when they go to check out, if they use the code, the discount code, Tyler. Cool. T-Y-L-E-R. Uh, that, will, that, that will give them that. Uh, and, again, it's normally twenty nine ninety seven. There's no long-term contract. They can cancel it whenever they want. Uh, they get that first issue for nine ninety seven, and then I'll throw in those other bonuses uh, because they're they're uh, came from you. Very cool. So greatresultsmarketing.com forward slash TME. Right. And then they put the code Tyler. They can get the newsletter. Well, uh, for those of you listening, I can promise you it's worth uh, many multiples over the nine ninety seven plus. Um, you know, you'll be able to take uh, a lot of things from other industries that Dan shared. And, you know, one of my favorite things is learning from other business owners because in dentistry, we can learn a lot from our peers, but it also becomes very saturated and we all start copycatting each other. And then pretty soon there's no new ideas. And so even, even, you know, going and taking your car get service this week and sit in an auto repair shop and you can look around and you can see things you like, see things you don't like, you can figure out what to do and what not to do and how to treat your, your guests. And especially in a, in a membership driven practice is you could take so much from like an auto repair industry because that's a fee for service type of service. And that's what a lot of, a lot of dental procedures 
and services, even if you do accept insurance, you have a lot of non-covered services. And so you have to look at those on how you approach those as not a, not uh, what insurance covers and doesn't, you have to look at it as why would someone want to get this service versus why might they go, no, that's, that's maybe not for me or, or not be, be too scared to ask or whatever else. So, um, so re- reach out to Dan, you know, you'll have his contact info there and, um, Thanks so much for joining us. I uh, My favorite thing about these podcasts is just taking my pen and paper. I've got almost a full page of notes here because not only just what you say, but all the ideas that it stirs up in, in having these conversations. So, uh, Dan, thanks so much for being here and, and supporting the podcast and uh, helping our, our listeners uh, grow their practices. Well, uh, you're welcome, and I and I hope uh, the folks listening were able to take away uh, at least one idea of something that'll help them and make them some money. Awesome, thanks, thanks everybody for listening. Go out to iTunes, leave us a review, let us know what you like, you didn't like. That helps us for future podcasts as well, and we'll catch you on the next one. For more tools and tips on how to create an X Factor membership practice, visit yourpracticegrowth.com and subscribe to our free weekly email today.